from the trails, woods, and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Welcome to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network all over the Great Lakes State and all over the world via our website, wildmichiganradio.com, which uh, I, I just freshened up this week because it, it really needed it. And it's it's not great because I'm doing all the work, but but it's there, okay? We've got uh, information on what's coming up. Uh, we've got the new information on the new Thermopads from Conquest Sense, one of the sponsors here on Wild Michigan, on sale right now. And you can only get them through the website. And there's a link on our website, wildmichiganradio.com. Also, we've got a link to the new Michigan DNR app. Uh, the new mobile app is there, the Huntfish app. And of course, uh, you will be required to report your deer harvest mandatory this year, 2022, uh, within 72 hours of taking your deer and before you take it to the taxidermist or the processor, okay? Keep your tag with the head of the deer uh, and, and get it reported. Please, it's a very simple task, and uh, in the long run, will benefit all of us. Also, I want to thank our friends uh, Mike Green and the gang, and not just guns. Mike was going to join us today, but um, we we had a, a little bit of a, a snafu, if you will. If you know what that means, then uh, welcome to a Monday. <laughs> But it's not Monday, okay? Uh, very happy to announce that this is our 16th anniversary show. 16 years of being on air in Lansing and around the state of Michigan. Um, and it's been uh, it's been crazy. I mean, I was just talking to our first producer, Brock Palmbush. Does not seem like it's been that long, but it's it's been that long. And and one final uh, note. Happy birthday to to my brother and family member, Mark Farner, uh, formerly of Grand Funk Railroad. Mark is out with his American band uh, on the road uh, doing all kinds of great stuff. Mark turning 74 this week. God bless him and his lovely wife, Lisa. Great people uh, and very proud to call them family and friends. So uh, without further ado, we're going to be uh, learning fishing from the guy that's teaching fishing, uh, Lance Valentine. Joining us here, the walleye uh, It is. Lance, we are now into October, opening day of whitetail deer season for bow. I don't want to leave that out, but this is a big trophy hunt time for walleye on, on Saginaw Bay and Lake Erie. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Congratulations on 16 years. Well, you've been a, you've been a really big part of that, buddy, and, and we appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, like a huge part of it. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> it just... I, remember, I, re- I remember sitting in the parking lot. I don't know what year it was that you were celebrating some anniversary. It was our first. Out there. That was your first? What was one year? Wow. Yeah, we were in the parking lot there in Lansing, and you actually you actually got uh, Farner on the phone. Yep. And you let me talk to him because he actually attended the same high school that I did. And actually, Donnie Brewer, the drummer, actually played men's league hockey with my dad because, uh, you know, they were, from, they were from Flint. So... Um, actually, that was kind of pretty cool. So I, I remember, I remember that part of the day more than anything. <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> well, you know, it's not, it's not often you get to talk to a, a rock star from your hometown. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah, the caliber I, I, yeah, of, of I, Mark. I, 
I got on the phone. I said, "Never graduated from the same high school." He said, "Well, I didn't graduate. I went there. He said, I didn't graduate." <laughs> <laughs> it's a little-known fact there that uh, but, yeah, right. There you go. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm right here from the same part of the world that uh, that they're from, and obviously as a hometown guy, we're proud of him. We're very proud of you know him and what the, what the whole band accomplished. So that's my first concert with a Grand Funk concert. So there you go. Yeah, Big circle of history there. You know what? And and, and that's where I, I learned the word uh, flintoid from you and from Mark. So <laughs> so uh, all you flintoids out there, we love you. And if people are interested, go to uh, go to Google and type in the flintoid song. And I see a song about flintoids. So there you go. To to the to the tune of the Rolling Stones, miss you. It's it's a very very you, good uh, very good you video. You betcha. You betcha. So, oh man, we're gonna but, we're gonna have to keep you extra now because we, we pretty much <laughs> talked this whole first segment up. We'll uh, we'll keep you well into the third segment. I'll just yap in the uh, phone. So. Well, you know, this is an anniversary show, right? Let's let's have a little bit of fun. Let's let's, let's do some remembering, right? It, it really is let's, because uh, let, let's go back. Let's go back to the first time I saw you and met you. It was at Gander Mountain. Uh, you were doing yeah. seminars in Lansing, and yeah. I remember learning about about fishing a walleye like like in river uh, situations about how they kind of lay back. They lay back in the slack water uh, because they are um, they are uh, they take advantage of situations. You know, when, when the kind yeah, of food, well, go go ahead. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, any fish, but you know, walleyes in particular, obviously, you know, they're they're, they're very lazy. Uh, I think any game animal is right. If I if I can just sit here and relax, and my food comes to me. That's a lot better than having to chase my food around, right? So, uh, anytime you're dealing with with fish, with particular walleye, especially in a current situation, or you know, even if you've got some wind blowing on a lake. They're going to find a place that they can sit and they can rest and, and let nature, let Mother Nature bring the food to them. It's just a whole lot more efficient way uh, of eating than it is to chase uh, open water bait fish that you constantly have to be, you know, chasing after. So, you know, rivers, you're always looking for current breaks. If you're fishing in lakes, you're always looking for pieces of structure that stick out into the deepest part of the lake and create eddies or create current breaks if there's, you know, any wind or any current in that lake. Um, you're always looking for uh, points that, that bait fish have to kind of funnel. We call them funnel points. So maybe where two pieces of structure come really close together and anything wants to swim through there it has to go through a very specific area. Uh, game fish love those types of areas because, again, they don't have to waste their energy chasing. You know, the, the whole thing, especially this time of year for walleye in the fall time, they need to get fat. They need, they need to store up fat. They need to store up energy for the upcoming winter and the rigors of spring spawning that are coming up after that. So they know that food is getting harder to find every day. Every time a bait fish right now is eaten, that bait fish is not going to be replaced until next spring. So there's less and less and less food in the water this time of year. And the walleyes know that, so they start feeding. So I know that I have to bring in more calories than I, than I exert out. So it's a lot easier for me to do that by sitting in one spot and letting the bait be pushed to me or come to me than it is for me to be swimming around three miles a day trying to find some bait to eat. So walleyes like to uh, be lazy, be conservative of their energy, and uh, that's an important thing to know, especially this time of year. Uh, where can you find spots that are close to where the bait is, close to uh, what walleyes want for comfort and security this time of year, but a place that actually brings bait to them so they don't have to go a long ways to look for it. So those are kind of some basics when we're trying to figure out where to go fishing for uh, fall walleye. Lance Valentine from Teach and Fishing here, joining us here on Wild Michigan. Uh, opportunistic was the word I was really looking for uh, earlier. 
Because I like, well, I like lazy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going all middle brow on you, so let's, I use I use opportunistic. But but you're right. I mean, look look, predators they don't want to work any harder than they have to. They, let's just right. let's just call it. I mean, walleye. I mean, even though like white-tailed deer aren't predators, they're kind of lazy too. It's the same path, the same pattern all the time until the rut comes and things kind of change up uh and, and this is kind of like with the fall you know it's it's feedback time so they're probably going to be a bit more aggressive before that water temperature starts going down yeah so you know you're, you're, you'll catch fish this time of year especially as we get later in the fall you'll catch fish uh, i've got a picture that we use a lot in seminars um it's a 26 inch walleye and he has nine shad in his belly. When we cut him open, the smallest shad was five inches. So this 26, 27-inch walleye had nine shad in his belly that were, you know, eight, nine inches long and still hit a crankbait. Um, so that just tells you that, that, that they just don't stop. They just the, the, Their brain is food, eat, food, eat, food, eat, food, eat, food, eat. That's what they do, and that's why fall is such a great time to catch. Uh, the fish of a lifetime, number one, that you know, they're, they're heavier in the fall than they're ever going to be. Now, in the springtime, obviously, they have fat and they have eggs. They have that stuff. But as the springtime rolls on, as winter kind of rolls into spring, that fat layer starts to disappear because they're starting to use it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happens is you catch a fish uh, that's 10 pounds in the spring. The next day, he could be 8 pounds. In the fall, if you catch a fish that's 8 pounds, the next day, he could be 10 pounds. So they're constantly putting on weight and constantly getting bigger in the fall as opposed to the spring where they're kind of burning that fat and losing some of that weight. All right, Lance Valentine teaching fishing on the Conquest Sense Hotline here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. You can send your suggestions, comments, or questions to us here via email at outdoormailbag at gmail.com. Now, back to Wild Michigan. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here. Thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns. Also, Conquest Sense out of Davison, Michigan, and we are celebrating 16 years on the air. All started on uh, the game 730 WVFN way, way, way back when, a little tiny station in Lansing. Happy to say we're back on there again uh, after a little bit of a hiatus, but we've been on 1240 Lansing, plus all the other great stations on the Michigan Talk Network. Uh, Happy to have you here and be uh, listening via podcast as well. Website, wildmichiganradio.com. Uh, thanks to Not Just Guns. Thanks to our friends at Conquest Sense. All their information is on the website. And we are uh, learning fishing from teaching fishing. Lance Valentine. Lance, uh, you had a um, a little bit of a, a coffee hour talking about color crankbaits. Yeah, so uh, twice, twice, a, twice a month on uh, teachingfishing.com, we do what's called Coffee Hour Plus. Um, you know, coffee, hour, coffee Hour started during the pandemic, if you remember, right? right? Mm-hmm. I was, I was you, know, you know, we lost a lot of our, our contact with people and shows and all that. I, I just came into my office one day and literally turned on my 
phone and went live on Facebook. Uh, so I don't know what this is going to be or what it's going to do, but I just need to talk to somebody. <laughs> talk to somebody. And over the course of the pandemic, you know, we had sometimes we'd have 500, 600 people every morning uh, come to what we call coffee hour. And we've continued that. Uh, we do it in the evenings now because obviously everybody's kind of back to semi-normal. And But uh, yeah, last uh, last night uh, or uh, whatever we're at now, the 28th of uh, September, uh, we did a little uh, coffee hour uh, on crankbait colors for the fall. And, you know, it's really funny. When, you know, obviously when you talk to people about color, everybody's going to have their own opinion, right? But mm-hmm. um, if you know anything about me or the guys that listen to me, you know, I'm a, I'm a very, very detailed record keeper. I, I, I'm adamant about keeping details. And I've been keeping fishing records since I was eight years old. Um, so we've got, I've literally got stacks of paper, multiple reams of sheets of paper that are fishing reports, not just myself but a bunch of other guys, guys who come on our four-day fishing weekend, our fishing education weekend that's coming up in November, and they, they record everything they catch. So I've got data that says there are specific colors and patterns that catch more fish in the fall than other ones do. And that's what we talked about um, uh, last night in Coffee Hour. I know we were talking about the, you know, the base of, of crankbaits. You know, I fish a lot of white, bone, gray, uh, black, purple bases. I'm, I, I stay away from metallics in the fall. Um, it's definitely not one of my favorites, and obviously the data proves that out, the metallics. Most days are not your best choice. Uh, purple, red, orange, and pink are colors that we love uh, on the bottom of our crankbait. Those are, those are colors that we know catch a lot of fish. And then in the fall time, if you add uh, stripes and or dots to your lure, that definitely has an effect on uh, the lure being a little, little bit more productive. So it was just some basic stuff. And, and guys can find, they can go to teachafishing.com, go to Coffee Hour, and then go back and they can actually watch um, uh, watch what we did. And, and two weeks before that, we actually did my favorite crankbait shapes for uh, fall walleye. So those two uh, videos are there, uh, teachafishing.com, and go to Coffee Hour. They can find all of our old Coffee Hours. And there's a couple articles that I wrote, too, that, that kind of cover some of that stuff in detail in our blog section. So... Um, yeah, just kind of gives guys some ideas of what they want to look for when they're when they're putting a crankbait selection together for uh, for fall fishing this year. You know, it's kind of funny speaking with Lance Valentine from Teaching Fishing uh, here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Uh, it's funny how colors will will change for reaction throughout the course of the year. Excuse me, because yeah, you know, if, you, if you if you ask me to pick a color selection for let's just stay Lake Erie, right? Let's just stay there. Um, you know. Cold water spring, warm water summer, cold water fall, those lists would be completely different. There'd be one or two baits that stay on both those lists, uh, all three of those lists, but they would be different. Uh, I like metallics in the spring. Uh, cold water in the spring, I like metallics. Uh, I like silvers. I like golds. In the fall, I don't. Um, summertime, I like really, really bright colors that attract fish. I'm trying, I'm trying to not necessarily get a fish that's feeding to think it's a minnow. Uh, I'm trying to get them to look at the crankbait and go, I want that out of my face, or what is it? I want them to come and get it. So I may go a little bit brighter with colors, uh, a little more subtle in the fall, a little more flashy in the spring. So there's definitely transitions uh, of what fish prefer, uh, and that's why you can't get tied into, you know, this is my favorite color crankbait, I'm going to fish it. Um, it's okay to have that, um, but you better make sure that the other rods in your spring have something different, because sometimes... <laughs> Uh, a lot of fishermen, and I'm sure a lot of hunters, end up with no results for their day because they are pretty stuck on what they're doing mm-hmm. and not listening to what um, you know what their game is telling you. Know, fish, fish, look at fish will tell you every day what they want. You just have to be able to listen. You know, well, <laughs> if and, and you listen good enough, 
the fish will tell you what they want every day. Well, exactly. But you know, and when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, you know, what what makes this change throughout the course of the year? Is it the angle of the sun? Is it the amount of UV? Is it the amount of you know photosensitivity going on? A- am I overthinking things, or is it just uh, the, the type of bait fish that's out there? Well, I, I think honestly, I think it's a lot of that, right? Um, the problem is some of that stuff we really can't scientifically measure so you really can't you can't put a value on sunlight penetration from one to ten and say you know from six to eight uh intensity it's just too hard to measure that stuff right right? so we we kind of break it down in water temperatures time of year you know water color and water clarity have a huge uh uh part of of the puzzle of that you know how clear is the water um how cold is the water bait fish is a huge thing what kind of bait fish are there uh, that time of year, what do those bait fish look like? You know, remember that, you know, shiners in the fall look a little different than they do in the spring. They're not quite as bright. They've lost some of their flash. They've got a lot more blue, purple, uh, chartreuse hue, green hue to them than they do uh, in the springtime. Uh, shad, uh, as, as the water gets colder, shad don't like cold water. They start to actually turn more gray uh, than they are flashy in the springtime. So th- there's all those things go into it. Um, but, you know, we can obviously keep track of the color of our bait and a basic idea of water color and water clarity and that kind of gives us idea between that and water temperature range that kind of gives us idea of uh of what kind of you know what kind of colors we should start with to kind of get a program started and then we can obviously you know narrow it down and, and kind of refine it from there yeah you know you really you really look at like you said you know the colors of, of the bait fish and that will reflect uh, on what you're throwing and size and everything else because i mean we're, look we're starting to lose light we're starting to lose weeds yep so covers a, a big issue now uh locating where, where they're going to be at and everything else so you know again not being set on your this is my favorite lure during the summer uh mentality is is definitely good yeah, you know, you know, you start with stuff you like, start with a, a mix of different things, and, and don't be afraid to say, okay, I just caught two fish on a white lure. Uh, my favorite lure is bright orange. It's time to take that orange one off because, you know, they're just not biting it. So um, it's okay to have some favorites and have a, a, you know, I call it a starting lineup. You know, it's okay to have a starting lineup that you use certain times a year, but be very, very open and very, very quick to respond to what the fish are telling you, and you, you do that, you're going to catch more fish every day. Lance Valentine from Teaching Fishing is our guest here on Wild Michigan. Lance, uh, we're, we're going to keep you for another segment, if you don't mind. Sure. Just because, you know, I mean, we like hearing ourselves talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, you know, hell, why not? You, you've joined me for, what, 16 years? What's, what's another 10 well, minutes of your life? a couple minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, hang on the line. More coming your way. We're being brought to you by our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 in Mason, here on the Michigan Talk Network. You can join us on Facebook or listen to podcasts all from our website at wildmichiganradio.com. Now, back to Duran Martinez and Wild Michigan. Cross the line at an hour to time In a state 94 more miles Through the Great Lakes State Turn it up so the bus ain't late Another night in Michigan 
Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here. Happy to be uh, celebrating 16 years of doing the show way back when, when we were AM Outdoors, man. We started this show with uh, my good friend Brock Palmbush, several producers later. And it's been really probably about as many different boats as Lance Valentine has had. We've had producers in that amount of time. I think we're on our like fourth or fifth. <laughs> But I've had more. You've had more. <laughs> well, we just know who's who's tougher on uh, on their staff than, than you know than we. But but man, let's let, let's go back. Let's go back to you know what I knew about walleye, which was absolutely zero uh, at the time. You know, I'd caught a few on Houghton Lake, and it was usually we, we were jigging uh, just off the bottom with uh, you know with crawlers and things like that. Uh, Mind you, it was successful, as successful as I needed to be because it put fish in the pan. But, um, man, what what we've learned from you, uh, you know, and, and your friends over the years is just, uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, because the questions, as you've seen the questions change uh, and, and the responses change of your own throughout that amount of time as well. Yeah, you know it, it's it's really funny. We've got we've got guys who've been you know with us since those early days at Gander Mountain back in the late nineties, and it's funny to really hear uh, to watch the, the watch the, the angers progress, right? So you know, originally a question would be you know you know how to keep your jig vertical in the Detroit River, right? And you're like, well, that's pretty simple uh, answer. But if you don't know, it's not an answer, right? And obviously, it's it's one of the key things Detroit River, and then. You know, four, five, six years later, you hear them talking about, okay, hey, I just found all the fish on a steep drop-off instead of the gradual drop-off. So I was concentrating on the steep drop-offs where it dropped off into a rocky part of the river channel. You're like, who are you? Um, so it's really cool for me, you know, as I consider myself more than a, an outdoor or more than a guide. I consider myself a, a fishing educator. And it's really rewarding for me to see folks kind of try do things where, that we tell them, right? And, and look at I've never said, and you've heard me say this lots of times, I've never said that what I tell you to do is the right way to do it. Um, I believe that if you do what we tell you to do and how we do it when you start, you're going to have some success, and then you can start to make some changes that fit the way you fish, right? Mm -hmm. But I want people to understand some of the foundations, some of the basics, and the thing I really want to try to teach people is how to think about fishing, right? If you, if you catch a fish doing something, what does that tell you? If you catch a fish, you catch two fish. Okay, what have you just got? You got two pieces of uh, the puzzle. And I want folks to understand the thought process uh, of fishing, as opposed to just going out, doing what they do, and going, "Eh, caught him or he didn't." Um, I, you know, that's that's not that's not the way it should be, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's important that you understand what's happening so you can kind of make adjustments and have the best day you can have uh, when you're fishing, right? So. Uh, that's my biggest goal is to make sure that people understand the thought process, the reason behind what we do, uh, and how those answers help you get to the next fish so you can end up with more at the end of the day. You know, it's it's funny because we usually talk we usually talk fishing. Uh, we have the opener of bow season this weekend here in Michigan, and, and we jumped right to fall, Lance. We went uh, summer, <laughs> hey, it's first day of fall. Oh, guess what? It's really happening now. So, yep. I mean, it really, if you don't have the time to get out and, and fish, don't put the boat away or hunt. Don't put the boat away yet because, you know, so many people, well, it's getting cold out. Might as well get it ready. No. Yeah. No, you know, we, we are just now into some of the best fishing of the year. So, 
um, you know, if you don't have to put your boat away, you have you have uh, the ability to um, keep your boat out, keep it out because uh, you know it's fish. And, and look, at, and it's not just you know we talk a lot about you know the Great Lakes, we talk about Saginaw Bay, we talk about Lake Erie, um, but it's not just those places. Um, understand that there is great fishing in Houghton Lake. There's great fishing in Cadillac. There's great fishing in uh, Burt Lake and Mullet Lake. There's great fishing no matter where you fish, you know, Detroit River, the Saginaw River. There's great fishing everywhere. Uh, you just have to understand what's happening and what the fish are doing, and you can really start to dial in on those fish and have some of the best fishing of the year you're going to have because fall is that kind of time. It is. You know, and we have so many different opportunities to, to get out uh if, you, if you're a, an angler a walleye angler in particular then this is definitely your time <laughs> it's my favorite time of year right i obviously i like the spring because it is spring and everything's new and we're you know we're getting rolling on it but i love fall because every every time my offshore planter board sinks in the fall it could literally especially on Lake Erie and Saginaw Bay, it could absolutely 100% be a 12, 13, 14, 15 pound fish. Um, that is pretty exciting that that can happen. There's very few places that that can happen. Um, but fall time on the places we have here in the Great Lakes is one of those places. And what an amazing, amazing fishery we have. And I would definitely encourage guys. I know everybody wants to hunt. Everybody wants to be excited, but man, save a couple days for fall fishing, especially when the water temperature gets below 50 degrees. Uh, save some time for fall fishing because I, prom- I promise you it'll be worth it. Lance Valentine, Teaching Fishing, joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Lance, let, let me throw a, a hypothetical out because this is an answer nobody can have. You can't, you, you can't, you can't even guess, okay, what, where this okay. answer is going to come from. Now, according to the DNR's website, largest walleye caught in Michigan on record Weighed 17.19 pounds and measured 35 inches long. Uh, caught with a live minnow back in 1951 yep. in Manistee County's Pine River. Pine River, yep. Okay. Here we are, 2022, and the closest thing was one the DNR netted. Okay. Yep. I, that's that's like, a, a lo- like 71 years in the making of that record. We've seen the, the smallmouth bass record fall. We've seen the catfish, uh, flathead catfish record fall a couple of times in a year. Um, how hard is this walleye record to beat? Uh, I think, I personally, I I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's very, very, very hard. Uh, I I do believe if it is broken in Michigan, uh, it will be broken on the west side, um, where those fish can live open water, cold water existence all summer. They don't get summer stress. There's lots of big greasy bait for them to eat. Uh, I think it's going to come from one of the drowned river mouths uh, on the west side. And I would not be surprised if it was caught August, September, uh, October, uh, maybe by somebody fishing in the rivers for steelhead or salmon or trolling for salmon uh, late summer, uh, early fall. Um, but I think that's where it's going to come from. The reason we don't have big fish in Lake Erie, the reason we don't have those gigantic fish, you know, and remember the the Ohio Believe it or not, the Ohio record is actually smaller than the Michigan record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was set a couple of years ago, but it's, it's like 16-something. It doesn't get to 17. Um, and, you know, the, obviously the, the the record hasn't been broken in Michigan with all the fish in the Detroit River, all the fish in Saginaw Bay, all the fish in Lake Erie. 
And that word there, I think, is the key, and that's all. There's there's too many fish in our systems to create an anomaly of giants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an acre of water can only support so many pounds of fish per acre. And we have decided, which I think is right, we've decided for quantity fishing of good fish as opposed to managing our waters for you know one or two trophy fish uh, and no fish that we can take home and eat. So... Uh, but I do think it's going to be broken in the next, I, I would tell you, the next couple of years on the west side of the state by somebody, probably not walleye fishing. <laughs> right. Well, you know, some of the the biggest bass ever caught was some of a crappie fishing. So <laughs> There you go. There you go. But, yeah, I mean, they took they took this one out of the Titabawassee River while uh, jaw-tagging uh, fish, and it was a pound shot, pound shot yeah. of, the, yeah. of the state yeah. record, which, you know, it's funny because that's not even, I mean, they weren't fishing. They they were tagging fish, right? And well, um, you, know, you, gotta, you gotta remember too, right? <clears throat> Definitely, our, our water temperatures are warmer. Um, you know, not by a lot, but water temperatures are warmer. Uh, we've got a lot more. Look at the biggest thing is we've got a lot more intelligent fishing pressure. Um, it doesn't matter how many lures in the water. It right. matters how many lures in the water by somebody knows what they're doing. And that's increased. So, uh, But look for I, I I wouldn't be surprised if you're on the west side. Get your butt out there this time of year. For those drowned river mouse, you never know what kind of wallet's going to swim by. You could be the guy that breaks the state record. All right, Lance Valentine, Teaching Fishing. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you for 16 years here on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network. To everyone that has served this great country, keeping us free to enjoy the great outdoors, thank you. From Duran Martinez and Team Wild Michigan. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone. Welcome back to Wild Welcome Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Thanks to Lance Valentine for joining me uh, on a few segments. Uh, in this show today, and and this our sixteenth year of uh, doing this show on the Michigan Talk Network and uh, on local radio here in Lansing, Michigan, where I am from. Um, very just, I was talking to Brock Palmbush. If you remember Brock Palmbush, he was our our very first producer on a show that was thrown together in about a week. Had no idea what the hell I was going to do with this thing. I mean, I I thought because I had produced a show for my friend Steve Gruber here on the Michigan Talk Network, which was uh, back then on WJR called The Wildlife, that, that I might know what the heck I was doing. Well, why not? At that point in time, I'd done um, uh, almost 15 years in, in radio here in Lansing, uh, classic rock and rock. Uh, and and continued to do so up until a couple of years ago, but still doing this show uh, for the past now 16, I, I just kind of looked at Brock. I'm like, what the, what the hell are we going to do? I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what we were going to do, how to put uh, this show together. So I do what I knew how to do best, which was gather people in the industry around me uh, to help put the show together to be the guests and I asked the questions that that I had. I was not good at going to seminars. I didn't want to go and be that guy to ask what might appear to be the dumbest question uh, out of the whole group. So I figured, you know what? This is radio. I can ask those questions 
to our guests that hopefully you would have that same question or something along the lines of that question so we would get a response we could all learn from. And that is what has turned this show into into what it is now. We're not the typical, uh, you know, fishing report, water temperature report, you know, color report show. Uh, we we gather what I've uh, deemed to be absolutely the best people in the industry to ask them questions about what they know best, what they do for a living or uh, have done for many years that has worked and has made them a success. Because uh, everybody you meet knows something you don't. And that's what this show has been about, is bringing on the guests that uh, have better answers than I could give you. I don't I didn't never wanted to make this show uh, about the host because that's a short boring show in in my book uh and from some of the shows I've listened to over the years uh should be, you know, in in, in other ways. So hopefully what we've done in this amount of time is brought people to you that have been able to uh, answer your questions because we're not the live show we were for the first couple of year, year, year and a half that we did it. Okay, because we're on the network, because we're beheld to exact hard times, uh, we don't get to do the live show that we used to do. So, uh, man, if you guys have questions or you ever have any any guests that you'd like to hear, uh, topics that you want to cover, by all means, let me know. Shoot me a message, outdoormailbag at gmail.com. My cell number is on the Facebook page and the website as well. Uh, I'm very easy to get a hold of. And if I'm not there, leave a message for me and I'll, I'll, I'll get with you. But, uh, I mean, there are so many people to thank in the in the 16 years that we've done this show and and one of them is my good friend Tom Nelson, host of the American Archer, who is is now a Hall of Famer, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, definitely, I have learned about archery from Tom. I mean, literally over the phone on how to shoot a bow, and and I've been successful in that department. We've learned from people like Cuz Strickland and and other uh, local turkey hunters uh, about hunting. You know that bird in the spring and hunting in the fall with dogs over the years. And again, success in that. I I drew a Michigan elk tag in 2013. And these are all things that have happened because of this show. Now, the elk tag luck, I'm still questioning that whole thing because I only bought one entry to the drawing that year in 2013. And I ended up drawing an any tag. So I, I call it what you will. Stupid luck with somebody that had no idea what they were doing, had to borrow a friend's rifle, had to stay in probably the, the cheapest hotel in, in Gaylord and, and get help from the DNR to find out, uh, you know, who the landowners were. And, and that's why I go back so heavily to relying on the DNR for these things, because they are there to help us. Okay. Yes, they're there to enforce the laws, and they will do so as needed. But when it came to the elk situation, I couldn't afford a guide. There was no way. Again, like I said, I had to borrow a rifle from somebody. Uh, And it turned out to be one of the most mentally taxing things I've ever done in my life because I didn't know what I was doing. But without the help of the Michigan DNR, that would not have been successful. I was literally ready to just say, you know what, take my tag, give it to somebody that can use it. I don't want anything to do with this because it was just too difficult for me. But uh, they put me in contact with landowners up there. And and finally, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ernie Proust-Kevich, 
uh, put me on land and helped me. And, and, and I got a, a, a very modest bull that year. I mean, not record book by any stretch, but it was, but it was a Michigan elk. And I have yet to get a, a Michigan uh, black bear. That's my final goal in, in, in getting what I deem to be trophies, okay, here in Michigan uh, is a Michigan black bear. And I would love to do it with my bow. So, uh, again, bucket list stuff. But because of all the people that have helped throughout the course of the years, uh, we've been able to do many things. And I really hope that this show has helped you in, in one way or another. And I, I know we get a lot of people that don't hunt or fish that listen to the show. And believe me, I'm forever, forever grateful uh, for that as well. But, uh, you know, the amount of time that we've put into this show over the years uh, to, I don't know, to, just be able to to talk to friends uh, about hunting and fishing has, has been phenomenal, and we hopefully uh, will be on for uh, you know a little while longer. Because frankly, we didn't expect to um, to go on uh, as long as we did, or as we have rather. I mean, sixteen years for any show, any form of long form radio, unless you're Tim Stout, of course. Uh, it just it seems almost impossible without a lot of changes, and we've been very fortunate. Uh, Brock Palmbush, our first producer, uh, Frank Malkanji was our second, then of course Tony Cuthbert, Alex Clark, which you know we we love all of these guys dearly. We have Nathan Vandenberg helping us out now, and and without those guys, this show doesn't happen. They are the guys in the basement pushing the buttons, getting the guests. Uh, on the phone and, and, and making sure things run right and getting things up on the network. So uh, without them, uh, none of this would be possible. And so all, all you know, the, the awards we've been looking to have and the, the successes have all been because of them as well. This is not just, just me uh, yapping like I'm doing now. It's just, uh, it's, it's been a, a great team effort and our sponsors, people like conquest sense, uh, Mike green, and the guys at Not Just Guns who continue to do a knockout job on firearms and ammunition and all things uh, related uh, out of this very small place in Mason, but the volume that they're doing and and the way that they're making sure everyone is taken care of, that everything is legal and on the up and up, uh, it, it's amazing, especially in this environment we live in now uh, with a what is seemingly a very anti-gun environment. Uh, you know, they are making that, you know, their I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and everything's in order. So, you know, if you buy something from them, no matter where you're at, wherever, wherever you hear the show, anywhere in the country, they'll be able to take care of you through their auctions. They'll get the paperwork so you get your uh, firearm to a licensed FFL dealer. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing what they're doing. Also, like I said, at Conquest Sense, we have watched Conquest Sense grow uh, from just one or two cents in a stick to this full line of products that they have now. Uh, the the most recent being the Thermopads, which are great because you can use them in your thermocell, your mosquito repelling unit that uses the, the little wafers with the chrysanthemum, synthetic chrysanthemum smell. Well, you can take those Thermopads. It heats up the scent, be it Evercalm, VS1, or Running Buck. Um, and, and disperses it through like this wispy kind of smoke, which you can use as a wind detector as well. And I cannot wait. I've got some of those coming to us, and we're going to put them to good use here as the bow season opens up this weekend here in Michigan. 
Now, with that being said, make sure that reporting your deer, uh, you do this because it's mandatory now, okay? The DNR is going to do what they can. Um, they're probably going to enforce this more heavily starting in 2023, but reporting is mandatory. There is an app, a hunt fish app that you can get for your phone. Very simple to download, very easy to use, as is the new website. Uh, within 72 hours, you need to report your harvest to the uh, Michigan DNR via online or uh, check stations. And again, the online and the app are very simple to use. We have links to that at wildmichiganradio.com. And, you know, before you take it to the processor, before uh, you get your uh, taxidermist a hold of your deer, report it. It's that simple. And keep that tag with the head at all times, uh, as you know, as far as uh, taxidermy. And uh, keep it with, the, you know, of course, your your deer when it gets processed, but uh, it's going to help all of us out in the long run. I know I sound like a, a broken record saying it, but uh, just trying to get everybody on the same page. So we're all doing the same thing and, and uh, you know, being what we should be, but whole nother hour coming your way. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to talk for the past 16 years and be a part of your weekend. Thanks to Conquest Sense. Thanks to Not Just Guns. Thanks to Lance Valentine. Happy birthday, Mark Farner. I love you, brother. And we'll be back again with another hour and then again next week, fully into October, on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network.